Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Uh, well, I mean, the first thing to say is we never called ourselves hostages at that stage. Well, we wouldn't have thought of it. I know that's what the papers called us, and I suppose that's what we were. But we're just people. I don't know. Shoppers, members of the public, idiots. He wasn't planning to keep us there. That was never the plan. He just wanted to rob the place. And then it escalated. police were outside. I could hear them, like, felt like I was in a movie or something. Sirens ringing in my ear. It sounded like there was, I don't know, like, five, maybe ten police cars outside. Just for this one guy, you know? I started wondering what I was going to do if there was, like, a shootout with the police. Stuff like this always ends in a shootout between the good guys and the bad guys. But this wasn't even the end, like, it was just the beginning. Someone had already been shot. And I wasn't even sure who the good guys were anymore. The manager was proper bleeding like bears. There was blood on my shoes. I must have stepped in it. Maggie sent me to get alcohol and that blue paper roll thing. Auntie Kemi tried tying the wound up with Jacko's shirt, but it was still bleeding. It just wouldn't stop. It was a lot. Our spidey was bricking it. You know, suddenly it's gone from armed robbery to attempted murder just like... really quick. I mean, we all had our hands on the gun, but he must have been the one who pulled the trigger. I mean, come on, logically, right? I had him in my sights and... I failed. I failed Nadeem. Failed us all. And that poor man was lying, bleeding, on the floor of the shop. He was in and out of consciousness, mainly out... Occasionally he'd open his eyes and try to speak, but we were... Well, we needed to get him out. I mean, we had no choice out of the shop under some kind of hospital. So we were very focused on helping him. And the Spider-Man, even he knew if we didn't get him help of some kind, then the poor man was going to... (sighs) Yeah. Um, And we all knew the police were outside, so... I just shouted at him. I just shouted at him. Listen, Spider-Man, either you have got to let someone in or you've got to let this poor man out, but you've got to get him some help. And he agreed. There was no way he was going to let us go now. Not after what just happened. He was too scared to let the ambulance or police in and he was too shook to let us out. I would have been too. The police were just coming and rushing, but if we didn't do anything, the manager was going to... So... Yeah, Jackson came up with the trolley idea. He called it something like improv tea. I, I don't know, I can't remember, but it was just a trolley, in it. So It's basically anything that you can interact with that takes you from point A to point B, moves you forward. Improv teapot is what we call it in the gaming community. Auntie Kemi tried to fill the trolley with packs of toilet rolls and pampers and anything she could find to make it more soft and more comfortable. But Penny snapped at her, said she was wasting time and that it's not going to make a difference if he's dead. She had the point, but she didn't have to say it like that. Auntie Kemi was only trying to help. Auntie Kemi said I shouldn't touch the body because like, I'm too young. Penny snapped at her again and was like, all hands on deck, red tear, tear. And that's when I just started crying because 
he was heavy and hands were sweating and I was scared and I don't know, like, I was just supposed to be in maths. I mean, we didn't want to move him, Nadim. That was his name. Because you're not supposed to, of course. You're not supposed to move them when someone's been... I mean, that's basic. You know, that's basic. But if it was a choice between that and... Yeah. So, uh... So we put him in the trolley. Uh, they're only little, though. That's the thing. Those shallow trolleys, because it wasn't like a big old superstore. It was only a, a little local. So, uh... To be honest, you hardly use a trolley in one of those, do you? It's, it's baskets, generally. The indignity of the whole thing. He was bleeding out fast, and this was his way of saying, that's not my problem anymore. It took all of us to wheel him out the back. I tried to spot the code for the back door as he let us through, but he was on to me. I thought, how did he get it? And where was the security guard? With the kids standing behind us, holding a 9mm pistol, we left Nadim on the other side of the door and pushed him down the slope onto the loading bay. I took in the cold air. Of course I thought about running. But was I just going to flee and leave everyone else in there with that maniac? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The police were outside by this point. Um, you know, so, well, they knew what was going on. And our, our families must have started to be... Well, I don't know whether they... Um, and we pushed him into the staff area in the trolley. We balanced him on the top and then Spider-Man told Maggie to push him, um, launch him out the back doors, down the slope bit, you know, out into the crowd of police and whatever else in the car park. Uh, then Maggie came back in and the doors were closed. When I was a kid, that was the last sound I wanted to hear. Police. Right now, though, I was all for it. They weren't as loud as I thought they would be. That's because there was only, like, two or three of them. I, I guess they didn't know what was going on inside yet. And I tell you what, though, Spidey started bugging out after we dumped Nadim outside. You know, you could see him playing it back through in his head. Should I try to patch him up in here? Should I have really dumped him out of the back door? And maybe I should have just done a runner back when I had the chance. I mean, the guy was peeking over the edge. He shoved us all in this cupboard where the cash point was and took everyone's phones like we were in detention. So everyone's phones got taken except mine and Maggie. She don't have one. Like, who doesn't have a phone? Do you know what I mean? And then I basically handed in, like, my burner phone. It's not my real one, and it's just, like, my mum's old phone. And then I had my real one in my blazer in the hole and I was just praying that I left it on silent. He found some parcel tape and had us tying up those closest to us. It was a bit awkward. We weren't speaking at this point. He wouldn't allow it. But we all knew this was just something we had to do. We'd come this far together. Then he wanted our phones thrown into his bag. Fine. When nothing came out of my pockets, the baby started throwing a tantrum again. Why? Because I don't have a phone. I really don't see the need for him. I can count on one hand the people I want to be able to contact. And you know what? They both live in the same house as me. He wasn't having it, though. He looked me up and down for a few moments, weighing up whether or not I was lying. And if so, what to do with me? He moved on. What's he going to do? Strip search me? 
All they'd find is some embedded shrapnel and some well-earned stretch marks. The most annoying one was Penny. Not to be rude, but she was so jarring. Like, she wouldn't shut up. Like I said, we are in this... It was like a cupboard. But it wasn't even that bad, but she just kept complaining about everything, like... What if we need to go toilet? Oh, I'm claustrophobic. Oh, we need air. Like, she just wants to shut up, man. I think Jackson was getting annoyed too. <sighs> I don't know, all right? It just seemed like Spidey was coming up with all his ideas a bit past their expiration dates. You know, he puts us in this cupboard and then the next thing, he wants all our phones. He stop us calling the police, I guess. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because it's too late. He shouted, I want all your phones in a pile now. You know, our unelected MP, Penny, she pointed out that our hands were tied behind our back. Thank you very much, genius. But Spidey, he wasn't going to be tricked. He wasn't coming anywhere near us in case we went for him again. In the end, he had us dip into our neighbours' pockets to take out the phones. It was a bit awkward, if I'm being honest. You know, I'm behind Kemi pulling out her brick. You know, Naomi's pulling mine out. And just take a wild guess. Take a wild guess at who was the one causing all of the trouble again. Yes, G.I. Jane. She reckons she didn't have a phone. Why are you buying that? Nah, neither was Spidey. I mean, she was old, but even my grandma's got an iPhone 4. Now, I got this theory, alright? I think that when people started to realise that Spidey wasn't a stone-cold killer, they started getting a bit braver. Penny was up first. Now, she really fancied herself as a leader now. I don't know what it was about the situational scenario, but she just felt like a big woman. I didn't mind her taking control, you know, because she was actually kind of hot, like an early 90s Sharon Stone. Plus, if anyone was going to come out of this situation unscathed, it was going to be the pretty middle-class white woman. So, you know me, I'm getting right behind her. And she started kicking off at Carl about letting us use the toilet. Again, this was middle-aged white woman confidence talking. You know, it's like she forgot that the guy that she was shouting at was holding a gun. And, you know, he'd already used it once. Now, obviously, as crazy as Spidey is, he wasn't so mad that he didn't understand the concept of, oh, when you gotta go, you gotta go. So he let us all do our business. But Penny, she must have thought this was, like, her moment to shine or something. But she starts trying to organise and allocate us time slots. Now, she was sounding crazier than Spidey now. Spidey gave the nod, though. He untied Penny, who untied us when it was our turn. Like, what am I in school? So we were a long time in the cupboard. And um, once the panic dies down the initial, or people start to ask questions. Who are we all? Who's waiting outside for us? Who needs to get out the most? I told them I owned a cafe, a few cafes, a small chain of cafes on the coast, Brighton. Well, near near Brighton. Anyway, it's easier to say Brighton if you don't know the area. (laughs) I don't. It's not true, no. I mean... You know, it wasn't exactly lying. Uh, Just, well, well, the fact is, I didn't want to be leader. I never asked to be, but we have to step up, don't you? And then Jackson was like, are you going to ask for a ransom or what? And I thought he was joking, but that's actually what happened. When I was in there, 
in the staff toilet. And I was thinking, you know, what does Spidey actually want? Like, obviously, he wants money, but aside from looking in all those empty tills, scratching up all them cards and smashing up the unsmashable ATM, what was he actually doing about it? You know, I started thinking back to all them Netflix docs. What happens now? A group of hostages were all caged in and the 5 probably got the place surrounded by now. But what were his options? Spidey had to go proper hard or go home now, right? Look, I said it as a joke to him when I got out. I wasn't giving him ideas, whatever it is that was, they, they, you know, they've been saying. I was just, I was just speaking my mind. I didn't think he was actually going to demand a ransom from the police. Yeah, I just told you, I was the one who said it to him, sure, but like, that's not legally binding, is it? <sighs> uh, look, I beg you take that out, because I just, I don't know, just take that out, please. I was the first one to see his face. You could already see his eyes through the little holes in the mask. They were brownish green, and it was like I knew him. No, I've never actually met him before. No, I just felt like that. Not in a weird way. Okay, forget it. I was on my way back from the toilet. It was probably hot under that Spider-Man mask. He must have been sweating. He lifted it up just like this, like up to here. And then he took a sip of Coke. That's when I pulled out my phone and got that video of him without the mask, you know, the one that went viral. It looked like some weird advert. Spider-Man, like, drinking Coke. I put it on my snap, only on my private story, though, but then someone must have screen-recorded it and sent it around to the whole school and then they must have sent it to the whole world. It was mad. Like, I got hundreds of ads on Snap after that. That's when my school called my mum and told her. And It's weird, because she never answers the house phone. She must have known something was wrong, you know, like, mum's instinct kind of thing. Then he turned around, so I dropped my phone back in the blazer. Didn't have time to turn it off, though. He didn't pick it up straight away. Why would he? As soon as he does, deeper down the rabbit hole he goes. He paced around for a bit, started muttering to himself again. I mean, they weren't going to hang up, though, were they? No one was going anywhere. I knew it was a hostage negotiator or something. It's always around this point in the documentaries where they come into play. You know? And he paced out of sight for a while, you know, down near the crisps, up by the bread, back by the frozen foods. Because you know, that matter's done it, Jacko. Anyway, he picked up in the end, but he didn't say anything. Wilson's had a phone in the office behind the coded door, so we could only hear bits and bobs because we were, like, in the middle of the shop now, still tied up, trying to listen in. So he was on the phone with the police... It was the one from the office at the back. I thought that was a bit weird, like, he knew exactly where the phone was. Like, most people don't even know where the milk section is and you know where their phone is. I remember thinking that, but I never said anything. I wasn't really talking to anyone in the beginning, except for Auntie Kemi, a bit. Well, she was speaking to me, she kept asking if I was OK. He came back and goes to us, how much should I ask for? Everyone's just kind of looking at him, like, not saying anything, because this is something he should have thought about before, maybe, I don't know. After a while, everyone just started calling out random numbers like it was bingo. 
And then he just walks off, like, right in the middle of the debate and gets, like, a whiteboard pen and starts doing these calculations on the wall. And we all just go quiet again and watch him. And I wanted to tell the others I'd seen his face, but I didn't. I just kept quiet. He asked for money and then the police asked for a hostage. I couldn't believe it. I was officially a real-life hostage. I did start to have my suspicions that there was something going on with the stoner. Why on earth was he putting ideas in the head of the hostage taker? As soon as he said ransom, I saw his eyes light up inside the mask. Police were probably asking him those standard questions like, how many have you got inside? What do you want? What's your name? What all that? He only said one thing though. He goes, I want 75,000 cash out the front in one hour. Obviously, I never heard what the dude said back to him, or woman. Actually, that's kind of a point. I never heard much about hostage negotiator. I guess that's the kind of identity that the cops try and protect, isn't it? Hey, that's a mad job when you think about it. Um, Spidey, yeah, he comes back over to us. He kind of swaggers over, actually. Now, I think he thought he was actually winning. It was a bit of a curveball he chucked at us, though. He'd been doing these sums on the wall. He'd found a pen, one of those big, thick pens that are supposed to be for whiteboards. And um, he was doing these big sums, like, on the actual wall. Um, Then he came back and announced that the police said he had to release someone. Uh, That if one of us was allowed out, um, they'd bring him the money. And he said we had to choose who to release. So, of course, we all start jostling to be the one to go and talking it all through. I mean, obviously, I was pitching for me to get out. I mean, no reason. I just, I had stuff to do. I had to wait my turn, though. Penny, she was kind of in charge of this now, too. Well, no one argued against her, so, yeah, I guess she kind of was. Everyone had a story. Of course they did. However dull, excited, clean or grotesque, we all had a platform to make our case for getting out. I thought this was a fairly democratic move from the kid. I didn't want to be released, much to everyone's shock. To me, that was akin to abandoning my squad. It was obvious who needed to be let out. Still don't know why we wasted time debating it. I mean, Spidey wasn't even there when we were having our, you know, United Nations moment. I don't know if we were supposed to call him or summon him to come and give us the final verdict or what. Bro, listen, I don't know what was going on at that time, all right? I was just adapting, trying to stay alive. It was like the wild. You know what I mean? When you you got lions, you got snakes, you got gorillas, and you just got to stay alive, do you understand? you got to play your part and play your position. That was all I was doing. Then they said it was time to release a hostage, and they'd all picked me. And he marches over to us and said through his mask, so who's it going to be? Naomi stood up. Young girl gets to go free. Oh, you know, aren't we all a, a good woke group of individuals? Ain't like our lives are worth anything now, is it? No? What can you say? What am I meant to say? Let me go before her. She's in school uniform, for gosh sake, man. So I just I let her go first. And I wonder, I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that she's a girl, because if it was me in school uniform, would they have let me go? I don't know. You know, my teacher's at school. I was... Anyway, look, let me relax, because... You know what I mean, man. Anyways, that's when it went a bit left, a bit haywire. 
She said some quick goodbyes, then Spidey started to lead her out. And that's when we all heard the news. He's in one of the aisles watching what's being said. Um, they're on about the manager guy, Nadim, taken to hospital, and they're saying he's in a serious condition. And then they name him. Newsreader reading out his name. Carl White, ex-employee of the store. He's there on the news for everyone to see in a school photo. They say they can't release the source. So Spider-Man rips off his mask and that's when we see him and hear him for the first time. No voice distorter, you see. I think I think he'd sewn it into the mask, um, but now we can hear him. And <laughs> the language he's suddenly using, um, yeah, I would have preferred him to still be distorted. Did I know him beforehand? Well, how would I know him? I'm not big friends with gunmen, as a rule. Sorry, why are you even asking? Um, Derek, the security guard, starts hyperventilating. I mean, he's a nice man, but he, he's supposed to be looking after us. That's supposed to be his job, but you can't breathe. You're supposed to breathe into a bag, aren't you, if you're having trouble? But, uh, well, no paper bags to be found, of course. It's all plastic bags, uh, except for the ones for mushrooms. That's your only option, the mushroom bags. So um, so everyone's getting panicky, and I suppose, yeah, yeah, you step up, don't you, when you have to. They were looking to me, so I started giving orders. I mean, not, not shouting them out, just calming people down, sending them to get mushroom bags. There was definitely more of a presence outside. If there were only a couple of cop cars out there before, they sounded like a couple of hundred now. Not literally, that'd be a waste of our tax money, wouldn't it? I just mean that it sounded like there were bare police around, you know? I could even hear a helicopter, maybe two. It was kind of sad what they were saying about him. They said his name was Carl and that he was 26. He used to work at Dis Wilson's, got fired, and then went a bit mental and shot his manager. They called him Darth Spider-Man. It doesn't even rhyme. Anyway, he was on his phone, probably looking up all the things they were saying about him, and then he saw it. The video of him from inside the supermarket. My video. Well, none of us have got phones, obviously, so how have they got it? That's what everyone was thinking. It's a photo of him, Carl, taking his mask off to have a drink. He's drinking a can of Coke with his mask on the top of his head like an idiot. And you can see his face. You can clearly see his face. Spidey's true identity. Carl White. 26 years old, local boy and ex-employee of the very Wilsons that he was robbing. <laughs> This is mad. Right? You, you gotta imagine me. I'm sitting there thinking, oh my days. Nah, 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 nah. I'm I'm thinking about scrapping kill shot and starting something new, you know, called Carl's Revenge or, or Spidey Bites Back. You know what I mean? And you see, this is exactly why I don't trust the media, man. They call him unstable, a loner, a crazy gunman, madman, but they didn't once, not once, just say why he might be like that. You know? 
Come on now, people don't just roll out of bed, chuck a Spider-Man mask on and go to rob their local supermarket. They become like that over time, through experiences. Come on now. Oh. Look, Naomi wasn't going anywhere. It was lockdown. The press had that pic of him taken from the inside, so the question now is, who took it? Didn't take Carl long to get up in G.I. Jane's face, Miss Anti-Tech. Now, what happened next was... Yeah, man, it was, was kind of dark, you know. Uh, so, look, truth is, he made her strip one piece of clothing at a time. I mean, I couldn't even watch. I mean, no one could. Everyone had their heads down, you know. I mean, she was a bit of an idiot, but come on now, man. No one wants to see something like that. I mean, she was old enough to be my mum. It's just it's a bit disrespectful. When she was down to... Like when she was, you know, pretty bare, we could all see the same thing, no phone. Spidey or Carl pulled back the hammer on his nine milli. He wasn't going to be tricked again. And he presses the finger right in between our eyes and he said it again. Give me the phone. i got to give it to her, right? She looked solid. She was hardly blinking, but someone had to. Carl White. Someone had comms with the outside, which meant someone had a phone. And he was the one person who didn't hand their phone over. Up in my face he got. Probably thought I was scared of him or something, but I told him straight. I don't have a phone tried to calm my bluff. He pressed the cold steel up against my forehead, pushing it in until it made a mark and looked me dead in the eyes. He stepped back and said he wanted proof. He wanted my clothes off. I told him all he'd find, but... Yeah, I did as he said. I'm not ashamed. I'm not the figure I once was, but this wasn't the time to be body conscious. I made sure to hold his gaze the entire time. Make him see what he was doing. Really see. At the end of the performance, I turned round for him, just like he said, and of course, I had nothing. When it looked like he was fed up and he was ready to actually use the thing glued to his hand, we heard a voice. I did it. I'm telling you. Out of nowhere, Naomi drops her phone onto the floor and slides it over to Carl. Who has two phones except for CEOs and drug dealers? Sixteen-year-old girls by the look of it. He was locked onto Naomi now. He grabbed her by the arm and dragged her away from us, kicking and screaming, and disappeared through the locked door. But could I have done something? Or what could I do? In a moment like this, what... What could any of us do? Siege. A BBC Cymru Wales production for Radio 4. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.